Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Under God and together we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. And we will make America great again. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to our program. Pro-Life Leader Frank Pavone here. We are indeed praying for America, and we are grateful to be praying with you. Allow us to pray for you. If you have any particular prayer intentions that you want to leave in the comments, uh, feel free to do that so we can all pray for one another as we pray for our great country. So we're going to look at a couple of dynamics going on in our country. People are leaving the Democrat, tyrannical, blue states. Uh, we want to say something about the U.S. Senate race for 2024. And we want to continue learning from this book, The Democrat Party Hates America uh, by Mark Levin. Very important guide for uh, these elections, uh, both the ones that are going to take place next week in 2023, about which we've also spoken on this program, and of course the ones taking place in 24. We just simply have to get the Democrats out of power. It all boils down to that. If we're going to save America, use your vote to get out of office those who hate America. There it is. Basic fundamental solution to uh, this uh, series of problems that we have. I want to start with uh, the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians, a passage from chapter 10, starting with verse 14. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Consider the people of Israel. Are not those who eat the sacrifices participants in the altar? What do I imply then? That food offered to idols is anything or that an idol is anything? No. I imply that what pagans sacrifice, they offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than He? Let us pray. Father, we ask You to strengthen Your people in their identity and in their fellowship with one another and in the boundaries, Lord, that we, Your people, draw between ourselves and those who worship demons, those who commit idolatry, those who are committed to another God than you. Lord, indeed, enable your people to preserve the purity of their identity and not to mingle with the practices of non-believers. 
Lord God, this nation was founded on faith in you and loyalty and obedience to your law above any human law. Lord God, we see now forces that do not believe in you, forces that are rooted in a Marxist denial of your very existence and of your law. And Lord God, we draw the boundary line strong and clear. We are loyal to you, we are believers in you, and we claim this nation for you. May we carry out this commitment in all that we see, say, and do, and vote. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, that idea about not participating with those on the other side of this spiritual divide and not having anything to do with idolatry feeds into the first point that I want to make. People are fleeing. They're fleeing the blue states. I saw uh, Bill O'Reilly do something on this just the other day. I want to borrow these... um, these uh, statistics, well, they actually come from public policy and census bureaus and, and other groups like that, as you'll see uh, as, I, as I show you these, uh, uh, these, uh, these statistics. California, from 2010 to 2020, seven and a half million people moved out of California. The flow out of the state was 23% more than the flow of people into the state. That's significant. Now, sometimes people say, well, I don't want you to bring your left-wing politics into my state. Fair enough. I live in Florida. We have a lot of people coming in from out of state. We don't want, we welcome them as people. We don't want their politics. But the fact of the matter is many of these people are fleeing these blue states precisely because they agree with our politics. So they're making the the red states even redder, and uh, coming because they agree uh, with us, not because they want to change us. We're seeing that here in in Florida, for example. Illinois, a second example. From 2010 to 2020, 1.35 million people moved out of of Illinois. Now look at this statistic. It's even more drastic than what we just saw in California. The percentage of those going out was 68% more than the percentage of those coming in. Obvious exodus. That's Illinois. Nice and blue over there. And then New York State, where I'm originally from, from 2010 to 2020, almost 5 million people moved out of New York State. The net loss from 2010 to 2020 was 1.56 million residents. So, there are many who say, well, if you're in one of these blue states, stay and fight for change. Now, I am of the mind that change can happen. Change from a red state to a blue state or a blue state to a red state does happen, is happening, takes many years to happen usually, and certainly there's always a basis for saying if you are in one of these places, you stand up for what we believe, you fight for America, because fighting for America and praying for America applies to every square mile of America. We don't cede any territory 
to the other side in principle. And certainly there are many people who, despite this, these exodus uh, statistics, who don't have a choice. They have to stay there because of other uh, commitments or an inability to uh, get out. But if, indeed, people are able to get out, they should for their own moral and even physical safety. That's the point. Things have gotten so bad in these blue states, whether we're talking about the indoctrination of our children in the schools or the rampant crime and, and uh, chaos in the cities, in the streets, whether it's the one or the other, the moral uh, safety or the physical safety for your own good or, or the, the survival of your businesses, get out, if at all you can. And obviously the statistics show many people are following exactly that advice. Why don't we pray over this situation? Lord God, we, we see the pattern so clearly that the Democrat-run cities in this nation, these large cities that are subject to such chaos, under Democrat control, Lord, have become dangerous places, dangerous morally, dangerous physically, dangerous economically, Lord, for their own safety Preserve your people and give those who have the opportunity to leave these places the strength, the resources, the will to do so, to relocate themselves and their families to a place that will be more politically, spiritually, economically favorable for them. Lord God, send your spirit upon your people. All those who have moved, Lord, make their transition smooth. Make their new their new effort at life as Americans, make it successful, make it fruitful, make it a blessing. Lord God, for those who want to move and are trying to move, give success to the work of their hands as well. Give them the assistance they need, give them the courage to persevere, if in fact they are considering doing so, but need some help doing so. Lord, grant them the help. Grant them the help for love of their families and their country. Grant them the help to move. And Lord God, for these blue states and for those who govern them, Lord, we ask conversion. Right now, we ask repentance like Jonah preaching to Nineveh. May the whole city repent. May the whole government repent. May the whole state repent when they are pursuing policies of unregulated abortion and economic ruin and indoctrination of our, of our children. Lord God, give them repentance and lead them out of darkness into your wonderful light because more important than any geographic relocation, Lord, is a kingdom relocation. We have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And Lord God, we ask that that spirit of yours that you have sent, that you have promised, that you continue to send will rescue our fellow citizens from the kingdom of darkness and bring them into the kingdom of your light, your grace, and your truth, the kingdom of life. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, another thing we have to pray over for the elections of 2024, the United States Senate. What a disaster when Democrats are in control of any of our lawmaking bodies. What 
a total disaster. We have got to reclaim. The Senate is razor thin. Well, the House is too, for that matter. And by the way, that should give us confidence. It's not like there's a Democrat takeover of America. There is a Democrat threat, and there's and <laughs> been a lot of takeover of a lot of our institutions, as we'll continue to study in this book. But the point is that when you see the Congress so evenly divided, that shows that it's not like they're running away with these, these uh, gigantic mandates or gigantic margins, by no means. Now, we need to flip the Senate in the uh, 2024 elections. I want to just bring the, uh, t- your attention to a handful of states where it's most likely that we could f- flip a U.S. Senate seat from, Republican, uh, from Democrat to Republican. West Virginia probably is the first and uh, uh, most likely one, West Virginia. And then you've got Arizona, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. So these are Senate battlegrounds. There'll be, you know, these lists fluctuate and we'll see uh, some become more or less important as this next year uh, continues to progress. But I want to ask those of you in those states, again, West Virginia, Arizona, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Michigan, pay close attention to your U.S. Senate elections and start from now, from now. Uh, doing your research on the candidates, the, the potential candidates, getting uh, awareness going among your fellow citizens that they indeed can be the ones responsible for flipping the balance of power in the whole Senate. It's, it's, not, it's not just a question. Here's the mentality we have to have in these states. I will pray about this too. It's not just a question of who do I want representing me from my state in the U.S. Senate, or a question of the qualifications of the candidate. Those are valid questions. But brothers and sisters, especially those living in these states, you have to think of the fact that your vote is also about the balance of power for the whole country. Who controls the Senate? This this impacts legislation for the whole nation. Appointments to all kinds of positions, including if there should be another Supreme Court vacancy sometime in the next uh, term. And remember, you're electing these senators for six years. This is uh, a substantial amount of time. The point is, think about the whole nation and the balance of power in the U.S. Congress. Um, West Virginia, Arizona, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Michigan. All the states where there will be Senate races are important. Like we were saying before about these blue states, we have to battle and for every square mile of America, right? But um, in particular, these states can swing things. So please be attentive. And if you know people in these states, start talking to them now about the Senate race. And let's, let's, let's motivate voters on this particular point. Let's pray about this as well. Father, we have divided government right now. We have a Republican House, we have a Democrat Senate, we have a Democrat White House. Lord, in 2024, we want to reclaim ground for America. The Democrat Party hates America, and so we want them out of the White House. Send your spirit 
upon our fellow citizens to help them be aware of this. We want them out of the Senate. Send your spirit to our fellow citizens, to the voters, make them aware of this. And Lord, in those states where we have the most likelihood of flipping a Senate seat from this moment now, make your people aware and vocal, focused and motivated on winning back the Senate. Send your spirit. May your people rise up, register voters, talk about the importance of controlling the Senate, talk about the importance of the confirmation of judicial appointments and other executive appointments and possible Supreme Court appointments. May these realities motivate our fellow citizens, Lord God, to work for victories in these Senate races. Bless the people of West Virginia, of Arizona and Nevada, of Pennsylvania and Michigan. Indeed, bless the people in every state where a U.S. Senate seat will be up for the vote. And may that vote, Lord God, glorify you and help save America. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay, let's continue with the Democrat Party Hates America. Now, by now I'm going to trust that you have this book and that you're reading this book and that you're studying this book along with us. The Democrat Party Hates America, as we've said, is not just some kind of uh, hyperbole or, or, or uh, provocative statement. It, it, it's a matter of established fact. And the thousands and thousands of documented, footnoted facts in this book compel that conclusion. So it's not, it's a serious point that's being made here that is backed up by all kinds of uh, dynamics and trends. Now, some of these trends, many of these trends, we see right before our eyes, but we not, might not necessarily be processing it to the level of detail that this book helps us process it. Now, uh, there are various chapters that we've been looking at. We looked at the chapter on language control and thought control. We also looked already at the chapter on the war on the nuclear family. We're not necessarily going in the order in which these chapters are in the book. Um, right now, we're looking at chapter 7, the war on the Constitution. And if you recall from our recent programs, we started out by showing how uh, great our Constitution is, many, many reasons that we can assert that. We're the only nation functioning under its original Constitution right now in the whole world. There's a reason for that. There's wisdom given to our founders. They prayed for wisdom and they got it. And we also have um, several areas of attack besides just the whole idea of the Constitution and Remember, we looked at uh, this, this, this fake idea that the Constitution somehow uh, is rooted in slavery. Actually, just the opposite. Uh, the Constitution provides the framework for abolishing slavery, and that's in fact what happened. Uh, this is not a racist document. This is not a pro-slavery document. If the, if the framers wanted to endorse slavery, they would have said so. And uh, so you've got that. We looked at that. Then we started looking at four different areas where, where you see this war against the Constitution play out. And we're still looking at the first of those four areas. Uh, those four areas are the 
First Amendment, and that's what we're looking at here now, the Supreme Court, the Electoral College, and the debt ceiling. All of these are being systematically attacked for, this is not just something that happened yesterday, a detailed, deliberate plan articulated and expressed over years and years, sometimes decades, by the Democrats, showing their war on these things, their war on the First Amendment. Let's continue here looking at that. We saw things about the disinformation governing board and uh, uh, attacks on the First Amendment by the Biden administration colluding with the Talk about collusion, colluding with the social media companies to suppress politically unfavorable stories and posts and opinions. Now I want to go into an area of surveillance by the FBI. Now there's always a certain amount of legitimate surveillance going on by the FBI, legitimately trying to keep us safe, legitimately going after um, crime. Uh, And so there have always been authorizations for domestic surveillance. However, whereas there were 1.2 million such uh, searches in um, 2020, they have spiked by over 300% in the Biden administration. So that in 2021, there were 3.39 million searches conducted by the FBI, domestic surveillance, secret domestic surveillance. Come to find out, nearly a third of these searches, and I'm quoting the book here, sought by the FBI and secretly authorized by a federal judge were supposedly in error. This is astonishing and unbelievable. And we've got whistleblowers now, whistleblowers from the FBI who have come forward. I'm sure you've seen many of their testimonies coming out in Congress and in in other reports. And they've gone on various broadcasts and so forth. And sadly, but predictably, these whistleblowers then end up getting threatened by that same FBI and, and others on the left. God bless them, we pray for them, for their courage and their strength in bearing witness to the truth. Isn't that what our Lord said He came to do? I have come to give testimony to the truth. In fact, He said, I am the truth. And the Lord also said, what is spoken in the darkness will be manifested in the light, will be seen, will be heard, will come to light. Whistleblowers are doing the work of God. They're doing the work of God. All right, that's one dynamic here going on with the attack on the First Amendment. Uh, secondly, the deplatforming of groups and individuals with whom they disagree, and not only on social media, but in mainstream media. You saw AOC celebrating when uh, Tucker Carlson was no longer at, um, at Fox. Uh, AOC said, Tucker Carlson is out at Fox. Couldn't have happened to a better guy. So good things can happen, she says. Deplatforming works, and it's important. Yeah, good things can happen. It's not good things when free speech is not permitted in America. The very fact that politicians or other interest groups will be angry at something somebody says 
is the reason for the First Amendment. This is what we have to... People are using it as a reason to deny the First Amendment. Well, if you get us angry, shut up. We're going to shut you up because we don't, we don't want to be upset. No, being upset and knowing that certain things are going to upset you is part of the price you pay for living in a free society. Two Democratic members of Congress in 2021 sent letters to presidents of Comcast, AT&T, Verizon, Cox, Dish, and other cable and satellite companies, you remember this, implying that they should stop carrying Fox News, One America News Network, Newsmax. Stop carrying them. There was a whole campaign that resulted from this of pushback by viewers of One American News and Newsmax. I was involved in both of those efforts. People saying to these companies, this is wrong. Don't give in to the pressure from these politicians. Don't try to intimidate these platforms. But the deplatforming effort continues by uh, the left. We know, of course, uh, you know, Newsmax then announced uh, shortly after that that blowback uh, that they had uh, been assured that they would not be uh, removed from these uh, 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 platforms. But we still have uh, this, for example, this Global Disinformation Index, which is a, a British group and it has some affiliated U.S.-based groups, putting pressure on advertisers and saying, be careful, Newsmax, you know, One American News, these other places. Uh, if, you know, if you sponsor them with your uh, advertising, they are going to, uh, you're, 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 you're supporting groups that are sending out bad information American Spectator, they name, Newsmax, The Federalist, The American Conservative, One American News, The Blaze, The Daily Wire, Real Clear Politics, Reason, New York Post. On the flip side, Mark points out, all of the websites that this global disinformation index ranks as the least risky lean, of course, which direction? To the left. To the left. Associated Press, New York Times, USA Today, Washington Post, HuffPost, BuzzFeed News. Oh, least risky, least risky. Yeah, well, actually, these are the ones purveying actually the morally damaging messages that uh, we're suffering under in America today. That doesn't mean we oppose their freedom of speech. That means that what the other side is saying about our kind of outlets the rationale they try to invoke, anti-democracy, against truth, justice, equality, is exactly a projection of the things they're guilty of. Okay, so you got this kind of uh, uh, attack on, on the First Amendment going on, this deplatforming. And then, of course, the whole question of religious freedom. Uh, let me... Uh, Oh, actually, yeah, we're coming to the end of our time here. You know, here's an interesting perspective. We know that our Constitution, again, this is all part of the war on the Constitution, guarantees the free exercise of religion and prohibits an establishment of religion. So you've got these two clauses, part of the First Amendment. The state is not to establish a religion. 
We have no official state religion. The state officially is neutral. Not about belief in God, but about a specific religion that the citizens have to adopt. No citizen has to adopt any particular denominational affiliation. They can be of no religion if they want. Their lives are not going to be uh, as uh, graced as God wants them to be if they have no religion, but that's a separate question. By law, no, no religious obligations, nor, are the, nor constitutionally can there be any religious criteria for those who hold public office. That's very consistent with not establishing a state religion. At the same time, the government can't interfere with the free exercise of religion. Let people practice the religion they want to practice. Now, first glance, these are pretty basic and easy to understand concepts. How many challenges have there been to these clauses of the Constitution? Here's an interesting uh, observation by my uh, colleague and friend Kelly Shackelford. I've known him for decades. We've worked together in various ways. He is the uh, president, CEO, and, and chief counsel for a group called First Liberty, First Liberty Institute. You, I'm sure, uh, know of them if you follow these matters, and they've won many cases at the Supreme Court and other courts for religious freedom. He explained this recently in Newsmax, for the, uh, in Newsweek, rather. For the first uh, almost 100 years of our republic, there were zero cases decided by the U.S. Supreme Court concerning the free exercise clause of the First Amendment. Now, if there are zero court cases about something, it means there's no controversy about them. Any no substantial controversy. The free exercise clause, people just accepted, understood and accepted the fact that people in America are free to exercise their religion. 110 years passed before the High Court heard a case on the First Amendment's Establishment Clause, that the state may not establish a, a church. And then, not another case on either clause came about for another 41 years after that. However, since 1940, is when things started to change, there have been more than 75 cases at the Supreme Court. Took 100, 110 years for them to get around to it. But there have been 75 cases since then dealing with attacks on religious freedom where citizens felt that they or their groups were subject to an unconstitutional infringement of their religious freedom rights. 75 cases since then. This is no coincidence. There is an organized, deliberate attack by the left, again, coalesced in the Democrat Party, against this key provision of the Constitution. And, of course, a key obstacle in their to their plan of restructuring the whole world and, and rejecting the moral framework that has been handed down to us in our faith and by our founders. We'll get back to more of this tomorrow. This indeed is clear matter for us to pray over now. Father, you uh, send us your spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You command us, Lord, not only to live our faith, but to spread it. And therefore, we ask 
having inherited the great blessing of freedom and protection for the living of our religious faith in this land, Lord God, we ask your hand upon our people and upon our courts. Let the attacks on religious freedom cease. Lord, stop the efforts of the left and the Democrat Party to squelch religious freedom or to complain every time someone expresses their faith that the state is establishing a church. Free us from this nonsense. Lord, we see that we are being freed from this nonsense. The court has given us many victories recently for religious freedom. Keep us on that path where we don't see the, 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 in, the infringement of religion on the state as some kind of clear and present danger everywhere we turn. Let us rather welcome the expression of faith on the part of our fellow citizens, no matter where they are, public places, no matter where they work, public schools, government offices, they don't lose their constitutional rights in those places. Lord God, the best way for us to defend our freedom is to exercise it without fear. Give us always the grace to bear witness to your gospel, the gospel of Christ our Lord. And in his name we now pray as he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We'll continue tomorrow. Let other people know about our program, friends, and connect with our ministry, endabortion.us. Pray for Ohio. They have an important abortion-related vote going on now. The voting is in progress, has been for weeks, and culminating on uh, November 7th. Pro-abortion people there want to put uh, unrestricted abortion into the state constitution. It doesn't belong there. No such thing as a right to kill babies. Pray for the defeat of issue one in Ohio. If you're there, you know people there, it's urgent. Vote no on issue one. Please spread the word. And join us again tomorrow on Praying for America. God bless you. Hello, this is Father David Begany. Like many priests, I am inspired and always learning from the Ministry of Priests for Life, which is one of the largest and most visible pro-life organizations in the world. This ministry relies on your financial support to be able to do its work, produce its programs, and travel the world to advocate for the unborn. May I ask you to support Priests for Life generously? Go today to ProLifeGift.org and give as generous a gift as you can. Thank you so much and be assured of our daily prayers for you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.